Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day scholars, welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I'm your host, Don Philp, on the mic, not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We're coming to you free of charge every single Friday on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast from. Best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe, you know, the holy tricolon, uh, get amongst that. Hey, if you have actually done that, if you have ever rated or reviewed or subscribed to this podcast, thanks very much to you. The other thing you can do is to get around our social media at WSBFUN on Twitter. Uh, you could tweet this out at Wrestling Should Be Fun or one word on Instagram or you could go hit us up on the website WrestlingShouldBeFun.com Okay, uh, let's get this underway. Uh, we're missing the boss this week but I'll tell you all about that in just a second. Here we go, episode 22. Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. This is episode 22. Dom Philp here, joined by the two Mats, Connolly and Brummett. Fellas, we've had a few internet issues, but I think we're all okay now. How's everyone going? Yeah, I think I think the issue is the Fiend is now out into the ether, isn't he? Messing up the uh, log jamming the in, the Wi-Fi of London. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, his his higher power is BT, I think. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, excellent stuff. Well, we're gonna we we haven't got Ross with us uh, tonight, so we're gonna have a week off from the call up sheet, which means double the amount of names next week. So we get straight into what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 come on, a la 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 long, a la 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 long. Whilst we're talking, I guess like some of the big news this week wasn't just what happened on shows, right? A lot of the big wrestling news was. You know, the Bray Wyatt release. And um, I don't know, like, coming in hot. Like, I know, Matt, you were really, like, Matt Connolly, you were really upset by the release, right? It sort of, it actually, it seemed to get to you. Yeah, it's one of them where, like, I don't really mind releases generally because I always think, well, it's going to give them a, a good chance to go and do something. But, like, and people say this about loads of people, right? You could say it about Alistair Black, for an example, of, like, how could you get it wrong? And it felt like not only were they like getting some of Fiend's booking wrong, but then to just not even have anything for him or for things not to be able to work out with such a WWE-made product, it just made me give up. It feels like, I said it and it was a bit flippant, I didn't really think it through, like, it feels like people with creativity aren't being allowed the chance to create. And it's just frustrating me because they could have managed it and got a lot out of him and, and it feels like a waste, more than most, actually. But I, maybe I'm overreacting, I don't know. I think the interesting part about what you said there for me was that it was a WWE creation. Like, he he's the guy that WWE gave a character and it just worked. And then it, it's weird. It, that's what felt weird to me because, you know, Alistair Black, indie guy beforehand, you know, a, a lot of the other... Um, releases that we've seen recently, even, you know, even a Samoa Joe um, who came back to NXT. But, you know, he's an indie guy or a TNA guy, if you want to go that way. But for someone like a Bray Wyatt, who's just solely been, you know, second generation WWE superstar with a character that was created, like, it's almost like if they released The Undertaker. You know, it was so weird. It, it, I, 
you, you just and I'm not I'm not here to speculate, and I don't wanna and I I support anyone who needs to take toll off of mental health and all that stuff. Um, we've seen a lot of it in sports this week or this month, but it yeah, it just really felt weird, didn't it? And I, I hope that he's okay. You know, I, that, that was what I was thinking. I was like, geez, I hope this guy's alright because it just feels like there was something more to it. Well, yeah, because yeah, I mean, I've um, I I, I saw that uh, Common actually sent it to me, but I'm not I'm not like like looked at any of the like dirt sheets or anything. Is it is it is has there been any kind of nods to if it's WWE driven or Bray driven or is that is it just pure speculation? Um, well, M- Meltzer and Ross Sapp seem to be leading the way, and they're both reporting it as like a potential budget cut. Like they were saying that wow. some of the personal issues did have a face but that WWE had given him time off and were expecting him back so uh, then it was just apparently the decision was made it was another one of these people that probably signed a big bumper contract when they were giving everyone a contract but I don't know if we'll truly know the story because like you say I don't want to speculate on his personal well-being but yeah I'm not certain the only like I, I haven't really seen much news I know that uh, you said Ross Sapp and I said Ross Casey he's my news guy <laughs> but yeah Crazy. Ross yeah, <laughs> um, the boss seemed to think that it was a budget cut thing. but I, And then just something to support that for me was the way that a few of the wrestlers who were close to him have um, responded. Like uh, a lot of people on social media have been quite, and these are people from within WWE, seem to have been quite scathing of the decision. Um, yeah. People like Alexa Bliss, um, and I know Mickey James is gone now, but she was one who was just very, very scathing of the decision from WWE. So that was interesting, um, which would suggest that maybe, you know, he didn't want to leave. I don't know. I yeah, just, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I... From, from my, boor- from like a boring work side, obviously like I do um, a bit of mergers and acquisition stuff in my work. And, and you do see companies that who are looking uh, to not necessarily do, do a whole sell, sell, but, but, but chop some serious stock off or whatever, like, they usually they do a lot of things like this where you've got a, an asset that you think is actually long-term revenue generating. But if you think that it makes your P&L look better in the short term, you cut it. And it looks like WWE have done a fair amount of that. However, I don't know about you guys, but I don't see Vince as a guy to sell the company. So if it was someone else doing that, I'd think when I see other companies doing that, I'd think, well... That to me looks a bit like they're kind of gearing their they're they're getting their P and L in gear to maybe look at a bit more attractive to investors, but I don't think that's I don't I, I, that just doesn't feel like a Vince move to me. It's very odd. I mean, people like like obviously, like I say, the Bray one did bother me because I'm I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near like a WWE apologist, but I kind of sometimes at least can understand where they're coming from. Even with Braun Strowman, I was like, well, maybe they just feel like they've used him up and they can bring him back in a year fresh and on new terms but this mm. one just doesn't make any sense but yeah i think that there's business things at, at hand here sure because is it Khan, the guy that's come in i forget his first name now he seems to be yeah, just t- like yeah, tony Khan. and he said he seems to have been given the mo to just cut everything that is excessive and obviously this yeah. seems to have fallen under it. but th- those guys again sorry to get all businessy and boring but I've come across a lot of Nick Carnes, not literally that name, but they are usually on a short-term remit. That that he, he the idea is he would not he's not a the kind of guys like that are not long-term parts of companies. They come in not to make friends, but do to do a, a, a tactical or strategic move, 
and then they moved on. But saying that, he's been around for a bit already, hasn't he? And also, there's no way, I don't know why I'm applying any sort of usual business log- logic to Vince McMahon. But... Well, that, that's the other thing. And we're, we're not, we, this is completely out of our wheelhouse for the wrestling should be fun pod. We don't normally do gossip and, and news and stuff, do we? But yeah. um, there's that whole other narrative um, around the place that a lot of people think that um, Vince has just lost his mind. Um, well, I mean, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, well, like, and I, I, again, this is, this is maybe in poor taste, and you can tell me if it is, but people have suggested long COVID, and he's just, he just hasn't recovered. Like, I have seen that around. Like, put, like, put, poor taste does not apply to Vince McMahon. He's dished out enough. You can say whatever you want about that cunt. Come on. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I saw. I mean, I just, I just, I'd like to, to talk about his talent maybe then more. It's just like, whether you were into him as a worker or not, do you remember the buzz around The Fiend like two years ago when he debuted at SummerSlam? And it's like, is it two years exactly now since? And it's like, ended like that. It's just so disappointing. Yeah, I, I, I've I, been a big, um, uh, this is the wrong phrasing, but I've been a big, big advocate for The Fiend on this show in the past. Like, that summer, that first SummerSlam match, just the entrance and everything. Like I remember, like, all, like almost sort of goosebumps. Like I was like, my adrenaline was up. I was so excited to see it, and yeah. I, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And then, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm the most casual in relation to WWE of all the um, wrestling should be fun pod boys. Um, but um, we should get pod boys jackets made now. The um, but the um, sports ca- I'm sports casual in re- in relation to WWE, and yet I was I was really into the whole the initial theme stuff. And like you said, building up to that entrance and everything about it. Obviously, it was like the, the set match. I think kind of killed me on it. But forget about that. Like the it was just so different and so hot. And um, but it's not the first time. You know, I was I was doing the FCW reports for. PW Torch back in the day when when he debuted his um uh his Cape Fear character and I thought it was fucking incredible. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He's incredible. So um yeah, I, I, I just really well, I mean obviously like like Conman's touch like what's best for him or but I I I really hope he, he we, we see him do something in wrestling again because he's um he's a very interesting character and I'm a fucking I'm a work rate nonce but at the same time, I also I'm also attracted to to when it's done properly, like really hot, kind of just purely character stuff. And so I do hope we I do hope we see more. Yeah, I I, I hope so. I hope so. We'll think, um we'll we'll, think, we'll I think we'll save speculation for where he might go for another day when we're doing a roundtable. Uh, but um yeah, like I mean, I guess we we all probably wish him well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just then, while we're talking releases or potential releases, just a real quick one, because I don't want to be a, like a gossipy one. I completely agree. But the Adam Cole news is kind of coming out of nowhere, right? Mm. Yeah. How has that has that come from a, a reliable source? Because I because like the I because just because I get all my wrestling news from Instagram, there are a lot of pages that are just like clearly rubbish, like not not reputable at all. So has, has that come from a Meltzer or a, or a Sap or something? or what? Sap, Sap was covering it, saying keep an eye on it. But yeah. it wasn't committing to it being legit completely. Um, the, uh, 
sat at the, the thing I saw, and I saw I, I, I saw it literally in a, a a very brief cut at lunchtime, so I'm, I might have got this completely wrong. But Sat was saying that basically commending a different guy for breaking it. It's like Georgie Hadji or Raji Geary or something like that. Um, and he and he also said that um some WWE affiliated guy or whatever. I didn't think he necessarily said it was like a full-time talent, but a big name had requested his release and it had been given. So I'm not sure, like, that was connected off the, off the back of the call. So I'm not sure who that is, Ric Flair or someone, I'm not sure. But, um, but yeah, it's the same guy kind of broke two bits of news at the same time and, and sat yeah. kind of backed him, basically. Well, that, that Ric Flair thing did come out today as well, yeah. Like apparently yeah, that's, that, that's, that, that, that's, that's probably what it is. So um, so you think Adam Cole's going to fight Ric Flair in WXW, confirmed? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the villain, Bray Wyatt, is the, uh, is the commissioner there, I think. <laughs> Stop trying to get over the villain. You were doing it last week. We tried to put my girl in WWE. Yeah, that's. I forget. Yeah, I did. I forgot there was already a villain. Oh, what's another synonym for fiend? The enemy, <laughs> the foe. Connect that again. You guys might sound more. I thought that the call thing was more about that his contract was up. Yeah, but like there wasn't a talk of him actually leaving or anything it, like that. I don't it, know. It's just mad they would get to the stage where that would even get out unless there's a storyline linked to it. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. we're all being worked, I just that very rarely gets out. Does it like a timeline on when a contract exactly expires when a talent's it, in a story? It, it's it's the kind of thing you see in sports, like football agents leaking that. Mm. But wrestlers don't have agents, do they? That's like, what I mean. And it's it, a funny time of year, like the summer, like that. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, like it could be a case of if you spoke to Adam Cole and he'd be like, "Oh, this is come like my contract is coming up, but I'm going to resign. Like, yeah. this is not a problem." Like, I'm sure that something similar happened with Dolph Ziggler a couple of years ago. Um, this was even before AEW, and there's a lot of talk. Oh, Ziggler's going to leave. Ziggler's going to go, and then he's like, "Nah, man, I'm always resigning. Like, you know, this is this is my job. This is my career. This is what I'm saying." So. Um, and, and, and Adam Cole falls into the bucket, and, and I know a lot of people like, are like, oh my god, this guy is so badly used by WWE. What they doing, man? But like, Adam Cole is like treated incredibly highly on NXT, isn't he? Is, is the only WWE thing he did was kind of when he did the he, they rolled him out for that one match with AJ when there was a lot of rain or something. Um, the yeah, main did roster. He- didn't he? Didn't he? He won a big match on like, like he beat Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, right? Oh, was it Bryan, yeah, main event? not AJ? It was during the Survivor Series run, weren't it? Yeah, like because he defended the belt at the pay per view, I think, didn't he, against Pete? Yeah, Survivor Series. Yeah, he, he had like he had a very big weekend because he like because it was like Friday he beat Daniel Bryan, you know, like Saturday at an NXT takeover. He defended the belt successfully, and then he defended it on Survivor Series as well against Pete. I'm pretty sure that. I think that's what happened, right? It's, it's, it's like it's like it's like he's a guy that they you know they seem to really like, and so I don't know, like, like again, I don't know how much Triple H has got to do with this shit, but surely he'd be furious if they didn't re-sign Cole. Like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I don't know these things. I'm just I'm wildly speculating, like anyone, but but that just seems. I can't believe I'm saying this. Adam Cole might even see, seems weirder than Bray Wyatt to me. Yeah. 
the the number one question that I if I ever if I ever got to ask like one question to someone from inside WWE, like I would like to know how much the top tier NXT guys earn compared to like the main roster guys. Like does Adam Cole earn more or less than Cesaro? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm really interested. And it's none of my business. I'm not that sort of guy. But, like, I, I, if I had one question to ask, I'd like to know that. Would, would your one question, Matt, be what does Ryback smell like? Yeah. Well, it'd be up there. Uh, they'd, all, <laughs> they'd all feature Ryback, though, yeah. <laughs> what does Ryback smell like? <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were going to talk about penis size then, but you what it would smell like, which is lovely. That's great. <laughs> great. Um, all right, so I want to talk a bit about Nick Gage on TV. Um, we're not we're not talking about TV. We're just we're just we're just doing wild wrestling rumors. Let's, yeah. start, let, let's let's start breaking our own. Um, I've I've read that Adam Maxted um, has got a giant hand that he has to kind of make look really small on TV, so people don't realize. <laughs> it's good booking we we, we do have a segment where we make shit up (laughs) it's at the end of the show I'm doing a great job hosting this fucking train wreck Ross is is away for the week and we just go silly buggers (laughs) outstanding what did you want to say about Nick Gage Oh, no, I know. Well, first, I just wanted to say for more hot gossip, you can ring our hotline. That's 1 800 WSBF. It's four ninety nine a minute. Please, please get the bill payers' permission before calling. Um, but uh, Nick Gage, well, I mean, I was, just, I was just so excited. Like, I like I remained spoiler free. I watched the show. I was just excited for the whole hour and 45 minutes. And then he just did the exact same Nick Gage match that he does every time. He starts with a spine buster and then he does some light tubes and a pizza cutter and he does a pole driver normally and a superplex. And, but then the other the only difference was he lost. But um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, because I spoke about Nick Gage last week, I was just interested in what you guys thought about him on TV. Um, I, I think for me, it was a case of like, I'm not a big death match guy. For some reason, I quite like a lot of deathmatch wrestlers i'm kind of drawn to them like i like yeah i find gage really interesting i really love drew parker um you know i adored havoc in his in his progress run like but the the matches themselves i think like i'm not 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 always overtly drawn to i i loved gage cardona because of the spectacle but for whatever reason i wasn't as pulled into the match with him and jericho i found it really interesting because it's obviously like more of like in a meta way that is like wow this is like an AEW main event and it's like him like fucking pizza cuttering like a wrestling legend in Chris Jericho and fair play to everyone involved but I, I just don't think it, it quite grabbed me as much as the as the Cardona match I, I quite liked his his knockoff um uh for whom the bell tolls entrance but um yeah yeah that, that, so I'm not a very, very on the fence take from me. Con man, have you got a? Are you going to go full cornet, or did you enjoy it? No, I won't go full cornet because I don't think it did anything that it shouldn't have. Like in terms of, I'm, I'm not against them doing one of these messy deathmatch main events. I just am also where it's not really for me. Like Gage isn't isn't for me, but it's cool because he created a lot of buzz and did his type of match on TV, which is great for him. 
Um, the, the series of Jericho thing is cool, but like the results are kind of the least cool thing because you know that Jericho will win. So we know now that like light tubes and pizza cars are not as good as the Judas effect, for example, because that <laughs> beats all. Um, but yeah, like it, it, I'm glad that Dom gets a lot out of it because I don't get loads out of it, but I, I do think it has its place. But my, my only lukewarm take before um, uh, Dom says it was better than Omega Ricardo 4 is um, that my kind of concern with AEW is they've gone to the hardcore well a lot recently, it feels. Like they seem to have had a lot of deathmatchy or pseudo-deathmatchy matches knocking about. And, I, you know, and you know what? I always complain about people doing gimmick matches too much, but I think this is this is actually getting far too much. That none of them really seem special anymore because it's like they're doing it a lot, and I think I think they should be saving this shit to like two, three times a year. Well, now it's feeling like two, three times a month. I Sorry think... to be a downer, Dom. <clears throat> hey, how much you loved it? I think no. I mean, it's uh, the match itself was the least important part for me. Like I, I, you know, you, you mentioned that you kind of were interested in a, in a meta way, like just to kind of see what happened, almost, you know, like. And I, the whole time I was watching it, I was just trying to imagine what the conversation was backstage between Chris Jericho and Nick H. Yeah. Like, I just, I really, I just really wanted to know, and that's why I was interested in the match because I was like, I wonder, like, what Jericho is going to let him do. And like I was just trying, I was just, I was just obsessed. If I had one question to ask in AEW, it would be, "What does um, Nick Gage smell like?" Yeah, what does what does what does Nick Gage smell like? No, but um, I just I and I I enjoyed it from that perspective as well. As far as the too many hardcore death matches, I think there's been a trend lately of Jericho doing a lot of this sort of stuff with the like the war games and the stadium stampede and the and then this one and i i just think that jericho probably now it maybe he's realized that athletically um he can't compete anymore with a young bucks or a kenny omega or you know jungle boy or sammy or whoever but he can still draw money with gimmicky stuff um and i, I think that that's probably the case now as for, I, I'm like you, I, I don't, I don't mind them not doing as many gimmick stuff. But I think you could also say, well, maybe they need to do less lucha style flip matches, and then make, you know what I mean? Like they, they, they just, there's just a lot of wrestling matches on their show. Um, it, it's, it, it feel, you know, it fills a lot of time every week on their shows. Wrestling is their product, and they're going to do a lot of different styles of matches. That's, that's um, completely, completely fair, Dom. I think, I think, just my issue with, it, I just think with hardcore matches, where they're different, where the difference with other genres is, it has a bit of like more of a, a wow and shock factor to it, and a bit like if you, I think, especially for some of the biggest spots, I think if they, if you do them too much, it does. And you're right, you, you could apply it to some lucha stuff. That's completely fair, but I think it's particularly desensitized. And and, and interestingly, Gage Jericho as a standalone, I have no issue with. It's more stuff like Mox Lance Archer. Like, was that really needed? It's that kind of stuff where it's like, for me, that's not needed. Like, I don't want to see Gage and Jericho go do like a fucking 30-minute technical match. But like, you know, that that for me, definitely it should have been what it was. But I just think it's more of like after it following a bunch of, a lot of matches, which to me felt like a lot of hardcore matches that we didn't need. But maybe I'm just being a, being a bit too con it. No, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I, 
I think you are right. And I, I mean, I, I'm always happy to see fewer gimmick matches as well because I, I like them to be special and I like them to be the end of a feud. But, yeah, I mean, if, it, if, it's, if people like it and it's drawing ratings, and I, I would suggest that maybe um, Tony Khan is a big fan of it. Like, it, it, yeah. uh, it, it, it seems that he, you know, I, I do think that he, although he's done such a great job with AEW, like, he's a wrestling fan first and foremost. We all know he loved ECW, stuff like that. So yeah. um, I think sometimes he probably books what he wants to see as well, which is, which is completely fine, like, because I like the things that he likes. So um, I maybe the most interesting thing out of the match for me, though, again, was, you know, what, you know, the only important thing is what's coming next. And Ross absolutely predicted that Juventud Guerrero was going to be Labour number three. Man, um, I, incredible. What a shout. Yeah. Like, that, that is that's outrageous. Can we go back and do the predictions review next week? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. How did he pull that out of his ass? I that that was a ridiculous call. And I, you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to it almost as much as I was Nick Gage. Like I because I, I loved Nitro. Like it's just gonna be so I, I it could be rubbish, but I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for the pop fucking hoove he's gonna get. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm going to try and fuck Ross off by going even bolder next week. I think the fourth labour is going to be a live sex celebration with Blitzkrieg. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, still, I think Landstorm could be a shout. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I also liked, I think that it was you, Brummett, that said the number five should be Sammy. I like that as yeah. well. Yeah, I've, I've, I've basically, you know, um, one of these things where you're just talking shit with your mates, and now I've actually convinced myself it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sammy at five does feel like I yeah. said last week. Feels yeah. like and a, that's, a good ending. Um, did anything else happen on that AEW show? I'm notoriously bad at leading the conversation on well, what the nerds are watching. I mean, the biggest start, well, <laughs> there's, there's a lot came out of that AEW show. Um, there's the. I guess. Well, I'll let I'll let Conan. Do you want to bear your soul about um, about Hangman Page? Yeah, I I feel like I'm being not very wrestling should be fun this week, but that opening match really got me down. Um, and probably in the right way, I'll admit that I'm being worked, bro. But uh, I hated it. Like I hated the booking of it as it was going on. I was like, oh, oh, they're doing this. I just turned it off and like went back and watched AW later. I was that annoyed. I what did you think of the um of the entrances and stuff with the basketball and the the promo? Oh yeah, all that was cool and that promo package was uh, excellent as well. Um, all of that, Chef's Kiss. Um, yeah, the, the from the moment the match for started the, for the Dark Order, that entrance where all lit them all up. I thought that was incredible. I thought that was just so the dark and, and like I said the, the the basketball one was fun, but I thought the dark order package and in entrance was exceptional. But just you, I just it's not for, it, I was saying to Brom in the text, I was like, it just it was the first time, and I know people always say this about stuff, but it reminded me of like a WCW booking where like no one could be affected. It was like Anderson, who is predominantly pinned by everyone. It took everyone doing a finisher to him to get rid of him. Gallows, they couldn't even pin. They had to go and get him counted out and sacrifice a member to get rid of him. 
Then the Young Bucks run through the other two. And then, admittedly, Paige eliminates the Bucks and gets a modicum of respect. And then when it gets serious, he gets beat as well. It's like, oh, so demoralising. But I know I'm meant to feel like that. So I am getting worse. My, my argument against it is I thought it was absolutely exceptionally booked. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think we'll sit and agree to disagree. Because my attitude is... Omega and the Bucks are A-grade wrestlers. And the Good Brothers, as much as I fucking hate them on TV, are presented as a B-grade wrestler. Adam Page is an A wrestler, and all the other Dark Dark Order guys are C wrestlers. So the Dark Order guys getting anything on um, the the Good Brothers like makes them look better, but they shouldn't be succeeding against Omega and the Bucks. Omega and the Bucks should rightly take them out. And and Hangman getting something over Matt Jackson is like a cap in his feather, but obviously he can't win that match because the standard is just like it's just is just off. And and also I thought it was I, I said it last week, I hope not I hope he lost. It as a fan in the moment, I obviously wanted him I really wanted him to win, but taking a kind of a step back in kind of a, from a, a critic's standpoint as wanky as that sounds like he it was too soon and like it was it it made all the sense in the world for me for the elite to win that match but they did it in enough way that hangman didn't lose anything like they had the they had that brilliant like the kind of the callback to the the um the their amazing tag team match where hangman was holding on the ropes like teasing that he was going to go and go and take them out and then it was just it was just i thought i thought it was booked to absolute perfection but i also completely sympathize with your point matt where do you think um what do you think the booking's going to be with hangman now then brum do you do you sort of have cuz cuz you're the only person i saw in the entire world that seemed to almost predict that he could lose that match I think everybody else is going to win. So do you kind of have an idea about what happens with him from here? Because like, you're a yeah, good storyteller. Yeah, because yeah, so I think there's a really there's a really interesting story to tell with Hangman, if I, if I was them, which is about him and his relationship with the Dark Order. Because I think, like, the, the Dark Order almost need to... They need to be part of the story because they were part of him not winning. I don't think it's even moving away from the Dark Order. I think it's the Dark Order then succeeding and being the backing to Hangman and kind of them saying, look, like, if we can step up, you know, it's also time for you to shine. And then for them to, for him actually to become a bit more embedded in the Dark Order, that's option A as the kind of more long term sensible booking. There is option B, which is a recently released wrestler who's quite dark and had quite a strong connection to the former leader of the Dark Order maybe turns up and takes them over and Hangman and John Silver go their own way and feud against the Dark Order. That, yeah. That's my funky booking is B. My my booking A is more about them all of all of the Dark Order growing into something more. So they all individually prove themselves to Hangman. Um, and then Hangman is then the final guy to, and then and then when he's like, when they're all kind of on on fire, he then steps up to to what hopefully the champion is still Kenny. But the problem is I... the big. So go on. No, go on, go on, go on, bro. I'm finished point. Sorry, I thought you finished. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say the the other the other element to it though is who the fuck is 
which we'll get to later, maybe. So we'll carry on this conversation a bit. But the backing question is, who the fuck is Kenny Omega going to fight at, at All Out? If it's not going to be one of the, like an incoming talent, which I really hope they don't do, I, I can't really see, apart from maybe Christian Cage, but I, can't, I don't have a fucking clue who's going to fight. I am... Um... I sort of see your point on that, bro. I'm like, I, I don't disagree. Again, don't disagree with anything you said there. My only worry with the booking, and I do trust AW, they've been very good at booking their top talent, but just worry we're going to get Hangman go back to the storyline he was in before all of this, where he's just getting drunk and beating mid-carders eventually. No, and like, no, or upper mid-carders. They, they, can't, they can't do that. Or if they do that, it can't be for more than five, five six weeks. It, like it, I, wouldn't be, be, I wouldn't be stunned if in October he's feuding with Ricky Starks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's... The, it, it, the, 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 I d- if he is doing that, it's got to be part of something wider, and, and I think it's got to be part of. It's got to be thematic. I think the relationship between him and the Dark Order. Is, I, my issue is not really who he fights, but it's basically the, the 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 narrative and the theme and the character arc. And I think him just going back and drinking for the next six months and fighting mid carders isn't as a standalone it's not the solution he can maybe have a temporary blip after it but it's got to be about the dark order kind of showing him the light forgive the pun and then it finishes off with a blood and guts dark order versus the elite yeah i wouldn't i would not be against that would not be against that at all but 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 even if they don't do it as a as a group match i don't necessarily it, it that is definitely one way dom to go there is another way which is maybe maybe it's too too subtle for professional wrestling but kind of having it as as almost without one big kind of payoff like that but actually individually the guys go so so um i don't know whether it's that uh uno is able to go 15 minutes with omega or or, or Grayson maybe does does beat Gallows or something like, or, or maybe you know th- those two beat the Good Brothers or something like that. But there's something where the guys individually having have some kind of redemption. Um, so it's so overly booked right now. It, you know? <laughs> like What's they're that? so powerfully booked. I know they're champions, and but even like throwing the Good Brothers in, like we said about Kazarian being just dealt with quite easily the week before. He's meant to be hunting them and getting revenge. He's yeah, beat. That was weird. Dark Order <laughs> built up for ages. Oh. They come in and then when it matters, they're beat quite comprehensively. It's like, oh. Yeah. AEW definitely get a few things wrong. I think we'll probably get to FTR, PMP later. Um, but I mean, that was a fucking atrocious booking decision. But yeah, the Kazarian, I mean, that, that, that's fucking outrageously bad. Um, what? Well, but whilst you guys are talking about Kazarian, um, did you see that he's kind of gone over to Impact and he's going after the Good Brothers on Impact. Yeah. Oh, no, is he? Yeah. So, like, almost like, so that that feels like, oh, I, I could be wrong, but when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's cool because Kazarian can be like, he, he so on Impact, that's a major storyline. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause, yeah. And, like, Kazarian, it's like, I think next week on Impact, or I, I, I don't really follow it, but I, at a future Impact event, it's going to be Kazarian, Callahan, and Eddie Edwards versus like Omega and the Good Brothers or something like that. Wow. So, um, like, I think that's yeah. That to, to me, that it felt it feels like that's that's been booked well, and that story can play out on a different channel. Makes sense. Yeah. But, but, but so, so then. The question is: Before we get to a certain 
announcement and Darby Allen follow-up promo, which is probably how we should wrap up AW. But um, yeah, who the fuck do you guys think is going to fight Kenny at All Out? Uh, if it's not an outsider, um, I, I think you might be right. Like Christian Cage looks like the next in line. And I, you know what? Like, I haven't got a problem with that. Like I, I spoke last week about how much I enjoyed Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. Um, and like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that'd be great, but I don't know if it's, it, it doesn't feel as main eventy of a big pay-per-view as what Omega versus Page or someone else does. So it yeah. feels weird that they would delay Page for that to me. But, but, I think Kingston's uh, the only other name I could come up with, but neither of them excite me as much as the Page match would have. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, you're completely right. Uh, and, and actually, so even though I talked about I agree, well, I predicted it and I agreed it was the right decision to delay Page, that was for that storyline. I think the, the issue against is it, it leaves a massive gap at all out. And, and and as much as it's nice to fantasy book and think it'd be like Omega Dragon, which is a, a match which I'd, I think I'd be walking around with a semi on for months. I think the um, it doesn't doesn't fit in with AEW's like kind of earn your title shot match. Not to talk all over it, but then wouldn't that come back to what you said, Brom? Like, shouldn't Omega and Brian have a build? Like this is there's like how many weeks of TV though? Like four or five? I, I don't yeah. know if you can get a challenger in that time. That's going to feel big enough yeah yeah no com- yeah completely agree that, 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 that's why it doesn't you know that's what i'm saying just, just, the match yeah. itself excites me but but i don't think they should do it um for that reason right yeah, right, yeah. And, and like yeah so i don't I don't, I don't know before you guys talk about like so like bram you said we'll finish with the sort of cm punk tease but i something that i really was interested in was moxley's promo against tanahashi Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a weird one, wasn't it? Like, it seemed like a weird thing to do after he's lost the belt. Like, it's like, I, I'm like, where are they going with this now? Like, yeah. is this is this going to be for a New Japan show? Or is this, you know, like, is Tanahashi actually going to come in and, like, Mox is going to jump in? Like, because, like, man, I am here for Tanahashi wrestling on AEW pay-per-view. My gut is there's no way like that's for me that's got to be in New Japan because like if they're not absolutely completely clear that Tanner's coming to AEW to fight Mox, then they're the fucking worst marketers I've ever come across in my life. So that that must be a New Japan show because Tanner to come into AEW would be just gargantuan, right? So yeah, unless 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 they think it's going to happen and they've not agreed it or something, but. I'd, I think that's got to be in New Japan. But Tomman, did you? Is that how you read it as well? Yeah, I, I would agree with um, with Bron that it's got to probably be New Japan's end. That'd be my guess as well. But who knows? It was very strange because I swear commentary went and now mocks to give us some more about a man he knows very well, Nick Gage, before our main event, and then he just talked about Tanahashi. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I... It would be it. I like there is a suggestion as well that Mox did just you know start booking his own shit there and like I think he did. <laughs> yeah, he could have been. Also, it could be that there could be another storyline where Mox doesn't know that Tanahashi and Nick Gage are different people. <laughs> Mox hasn't got anything lined up for the pay per view, right? Well, I don't. Well, Mox, Mox is to me. Mox is the one who like now I don't know what he's going to do. 
Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, e- even I feel like there are fewer opponents putting their hand up to face Mox than there are for Kenny. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we might get to that in one of our round tables, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, did did you guys like did you guys like the Darby Allen promo? I maybe I'm the only person in the world that was like, oh, this is a bit cheesy now. Well, <laughs> it, it, interestingly, it's, I think we I think we actually talked about this after we stopped recording, but I think that it's just. Because I, like, I touched on last, like we were saying last week, how I thought the announcement was going to be a Chicago show, and they're going to do everything they can. They're going to try and have the cake, cake and eat it by tipping the hat obscenely that that's going to, that Punk's going to be there without mentioning his name. So they get they get the ticket sales and they get the attention, but they still get the pop, the surprise pop. However, I didn't think they'd go that far. I think I'm slightly with Dom. I think it's, it was ridiculous. Like, well, I don't, I don't, how could they have gone further? Like, I uh, I just really hope that they uh, they don't sell Coca-Cola in Chicago and they maybe sell another brand. Like, well, I don't know what they could do. Like, that was, I... was ridiculous of it, wasn't it? But it's simultaneously <laughs> fucking get out of your seat. Wow, this is happening. So I don't, I don't, it's very weird. Tony, Tony Khan, I've had enough of this rock and roll entrance music for every superstar. I want to see more punk. <laughs> it's just yeah, like fucking hell. But I, I, yeah, like it's 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 one of these things where like someone comes in and like reads a really terrible poem, but they give you a brand new car whilst doing it. So I don't really know how I felt. It was like that was executed quite poorly. But um, yeah, but, yeah. Well, Sting but, just has to stand there, doesn't he? And all. I don't know what Sting's purpose is anymore, really. <laughs> what I'm going to do, I'm going to pay like uh, £10 to get Barry from EastEnders to do a cameo for me, but then pay Sting 10 grand to stand by the side of him and not say anything. <laughs> 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 It's it's like the wrestling equivalent of just of like lighting a cigar with a hundred dollar note. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, but like they brought. I just love that they brought in Sting to be like Darby's silent hype man. <laughs> yeah, Tom, yeah, I completely agree with you, mate. Yeah, it, it it just it felt a bit. It was too much. Like, and I think, like, I didn't catch this, but apparently MJF on commentary said he like quoted CM Punk's pipe bomb promo. But I just I don't know that promo word for word, so I didn't catch no, it. No, it wasn't. It wasn't on commentary. I don't think wasn't it? Wasn't it the? Um, for some reason, I, I thought it was when he was introducing Hoovy and Jericho was down there. You know, the start of it where it's like. I, again, I can't remember the wording, um, but it basically about how you're, um, like, while you're down there at this time, I'm going to say this or whatever. Like, well, yeah, for some reason, I, I thought that was, maybe there was a reference on commentary, but I, I thought that the beginning of, I might have just been making it up, but I thought the beginning to the to, to when he was announcing who he was a bit funky. No, you're definitely right. It was it was then, yeah, you're, you're right, it? yeah. Okay. I can't, I can't like there was like 
NXT had a show, didn't they? With with the um, I, I can't remember it after after that that AW. There's like Oni and Pete thought like, oh, what what's his face? Rich Holland, former rugby league lad, came back, didn't he? So that was fun. Yeah. I I'm I I feel a bit sorry for Rich Holland and like the injury came at a poor time for him. But I hope yeah. he gets some steam behind him because he 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 clearly like because I think it was you Connolly that said like anytime that these people get like interviewed or whatever, like I think someone asked him what what his favorite match of all time was, and he, he was like, Oh, and he just said like some proper work rate shit from like nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. On NXT UK, he picked. Um, I uh, picked like a Bret Hart Dynamite Kid match, or Dynamite Kid match, or something like that. On his as his favorite match. Yeah, that's right. It was, yeah, because they were doing that was like NXT UK during lockdown. They were just doing like watch longs with wrestlers. Yeah, he picked some eighties Bret Hart Dynamite Kid match. I think. From yeah, because every everybody else was like, oh yeah, Steve Austin versus The Rock WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, nah, Brett versus Dynamite. It's like, oh, fuck, this guy is a wrestling fan, you know? Um, so, yeah, I'm basically just, I'm hoping that he gets a chance to shine and he doesn't get injured or anything like that from here because, I mean, fuck, if he's he's got a couple of decent workers alongside him as well in Oni and Pete, like, I think, yeah, that that faction could actually gain some steam, hopefully. And the, the only thing, uh, thing that, I, that I sort of know was... Um progress but i guess you guys haven't seen it so we can start that for when if it's a bit spoilery i i'm so far i'm so far behind on progress at the moment i've really got to binge a bit during my holidays here now um mm-hmm. to catch up so i i mean I, what i'm what i'm getting at is i don't mind if you ever want to talk about it yeah i'm, I'm still a couple behind yeah that was, it was that was all right yeah <laughs> yeah, good. yeah i've got i've got yeah, I've got, I've got my hot takes. I was just interested if anyone else had kind of had seen it. It was again, they, you know, not not about not a bad batch on the card. Main event was uh, was probably the best. Cara versus uh, one of the Bristol lads. Um, but yeah, Charlie, Charlie Sterling, right? Yeah, yeah, that's one. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's yeah, just just one of these things where it's like um, they, they seem to be delivering solid stuff, but it's just yeah, it's just unfortunately that lack of buzz. And I guess interestingly, that the one way to to, to kind of follow that up is, um, you know, a match that I'd love to see being announced for a, for a future progress show is, is on the uh, Rev Pro Manchester show, right? The ninth anniversary. Yeah. The, um, so you're talking about, young yeah, Young Guns. Yeah. That'll bang. Good. Good. That's not in progress. Um, but, you know, people of Manchester enjoy. Yeah, same day as SummerSlam as well. So, like, if you're in Manchester, um, you're just going to have a banging weekend there. I'm really um, surprised that SummerSlam's running Manchester this year. Ridge Holland's booking it. <laughs> Triple threat match, him, him, Bret Hart, and the corpse of Dynamite Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, also, like, I don't mind shitting on Vince. I also don't mind shitting on Dynamite Kid. What a fucking cunt it is. <laughs> Hell of a worker, though. Yeah. Simple <laughs> to Vince. Yeah. Um, the, I, you know, just like we talk about our Manchester show for Rev Pro, I actually, I looked today about like how much it would cost me to go to it. 
and like the the cheapest trains like london to manchester are like 110 or 120 quid i'm like no that's that's got me out of the market hey oh brum can i ask you about super dragon like is that is that something that excites you in 2021 because you're my oracle on super dragon fucking super dragon is something that would excite me in 2061 when like the fucking <laughs> the the world is done and i'm the final man alive on a like a raft as there's been a huge like water based war wiping out the rest of civilization and if i saw a kind of like my parting moment was like just seeing a super, super dragon in the distance that would make yeah i'd be happy with that so well, yeah, it's, it's, yes. fight, fighting fighting kevin costner on a whale's back <laughs> yeah yeah I'm all over it. Yeah, but I like I my irrational and undying love for Super Dragon is never gonna go away. I like which I think the only thing that like it, it was just it was one of these things where like um work has like stre- been really stressful today and like Marlo, even though he's a fucking he's he's a great lad at the moment, but he's been a nightmare, it's just so much on. It's really stressed. And I read that and I was just I didn't and it was just the wrong time because I was just like, what the fuck, Super Dragon? But I didn't get a chance to bask in it. Ideally, I'd take a weekend off and just keep re-reading that news. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I just the just that's another fucking problem with PWG, and I, and it's not criticizing them at all because I love it how it's just like a live thing. But like how there's, I, I never ever like I'm not going to wait until like 2024 to get a fucking DVD. It's the same with Bowen, right? Yeah, but like, we, we, like we were saying, we were saying before you came in, Brum, about like PW, PWG just hate making money. Like they won't run a bigger venue, they won't like stream their shows. Like why, like why do they hate money? Because I just don't think they give a shit. I just like I think I think that, that I don't I don't think PWG's run to make money. Um, it, it, it's just it's just what they what they love and what they like doing. But like fucking, like I'd, I just. Just fucking super dragon turning up somewhere that I can watch. But I just love it so much. But the problem is, I don't think super dragon would work anywhere else because, like, he needs to win, right? Because it's fucking super dragon. Like, he'd, um, I think I think he'd do okay in a super strong style sixteen. I mean, uh, I mean, if if that happened, like. Unlucky to you guys because I'm just buying all 2,000 tickets and just watching it on my own. So, <laughs> so you can masturbate. <laughs> just gonna say yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's a bit that's a bit grim for what we do here. Sorry. I, I, I would though. I just, I just. This is the coldest take ever. This is just me talking about how to super dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I see you quite see the hours. I am. Um, I just. He's just fucking super dragon, isn't he? From now on, I think we should invent a scale from now on for like whenever we want to know like how much Brummett likes something, we can call it the like the Vince McMahon to Super Dragon scale. <laughs> and, and like obviously, and like and obviously, like you know your your beautiful wife and son come in just below Super Dragon on the scale. Yeah, yeah. I think it goes. I think it goes. Uh, super, super, super Dragon um, child. McGuinness, wife, find <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. It, it's a good scale. I think this works. The thing is, there's like, um, 
the chance of Lucy listening to this is so unbelievably low. I can say what I want. I can put a below Lance Archer on the list right now, and she doesn't know. That's just the shittiest content ever. <laughs> it's, it's just me literally just saying, I really like Super Dragon in, in different ways for five minutes. I think that's my favourite five minutes of the podcast ever. <laughs> he's just, he's just, we also, I can't even recommend it. Like, you know, when people, like, I'm one of those wrestling, I'm one of those wrestling fans where people go, oh, like, what do you think about this guy? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you'll, like, oh, like, sell me on a kid. I'm like, yeah, go fucking watch this match and that match, that match. He's so good. He does this X, Y, and Z. Well, <laughs> if you just ask me about Super Dragon, I'll just keep telling you that Super Dragon's great without giving you any, any context of why I love Super Dragon. He's just, even though, like, if you saw a picture of Super Dragon, you'd be like, he's just like the most fucking, like, Butlins looking mass shit wrestler. But he's also the coolest motherfucker to ever exist. And I can't explain why. Yeah, his his ring gear looks like he's just wearing a duvet cover. <laughs> he's, he's like, like it, it doesn't matter because it's Super Dragon and he's the coolest, <laughs> hardest, best wrestler in the world. Can I just can I just check what's the wrestler's name? We don't we don't give titles to the episodes. We just number them. But if we would definitely just call this episode Brum like Super Dragon. <laughs> Oh my god! Right, fuck it. I'm gonna fantasy bucket. Like, could you imagine, just like they doing like can Omega just do an open challenge bit, and he gets in fight fight Super Dragon, like oh, it'd just be the best thing in the world. Um, sorry. Yeah, I think, I think I'd, if you if you put me on the spot and say like who'd I like to see turn up in like AEW and have one more match, like. Super Dragon and McGuinness would be a very, very difficult, com- difficult. It'd be like a, a reverse Sophie's choice decision for me. Oh yeah, okay. Let's do the let's do the round table. Let's do the round table. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our main event of the evening. This week's round table presents commentary table bumps and dragons and punks in all elite wrestling. This is the Wrestling Should Be Fun Round Table. Um, so we've got uh, two topics this week, one that is quite silly and quick and one that is takes a little bit more thought. Um, so I I just picked a random one for my topic this week because I haven't done one for what feels like a couple of months. And I want to bring to the round table this week, what are the best commentary table bumps of all time? And I ask this question because I don't really have an opinion myself. Um, I, I think table bumps are shit. I don't care about table bumps. Um, I think there's only ever been one good table match in the history of wrestling, but commentary table bumps always get a good response. Um, and I think if you put me on the spot, my favourite one of all time, Mick Foley off the Hell on a Cell doesn't count. Um, my favourite one is Shane McMahon's elbow drop from the top rope to the commentary table. Um, I've always really liked that every time he did it. I think it's called the Mac Daddy elbow, if we give it its proper name. Um, so that's going to be all I bring to the table, literally. Um, and what do you guys reckon? Best commentary table bumps? That's a good one, Dom. That would have been up there for me. 
the one against the Undertaker particularly, Shane does. I remember like because it was his first match back, wasn't it? And he like had the pause before, and oh, that was great. Why you why you mentioned just giving people more time to think about it at home? Why you talk about? Shane, what we're talking about, Shane and the Undertaker. There was also, I think it's King of the Ring 2000, um, and Undertaker chokeslammed Shane from the top rope through the commentary table, which was actually really cool. Shane McMahon and commentary, yeah. and, uh, commentary table. And um, there's another one. Do you remember the one with Owens recently-ish, a couple of years ago? Owens moved at like the last second. Sami Zayn dragged yeah. him out of the way. Yeah. Oh, that was incredible as well. And, and that's off the high sell as well, like... Yeah, that was that was a long way down, man. And the two that I think of off the top of my head, um, the one that springs to mind in terms of just remembering it is when Orton nearly killed one of the Singh brothers. Yes, uh, yeah, and he just flung him about ten foot in the air and then made that face that was very gifable. Yeah, the the reaction. He's like, oh shit, sorry. And um, my other one would be, I forget the match, I, know, I think it's a Mania match, with Michaels' moonsault where he lands on it rough. Um, do you remember that spot I'm on about? I can't remember who the match is. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt Angle, I think. Is it Kurt, right, yeah. And it, it looks like it cuts him in half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's similar, a similar sort of way he hit it. I know it's a different move, but do you remember Foley at WrestleMania 2000? He doesn't quite make the distance. And he just yeah. fucking kills himself trying to drop the elbow off the apron. Um, yeah, that, that just bringing back memories for me now. Those those were good ones. It's interesting that you mentioned the Foley Taker, obviously the famous one. But I think my favourite might be um, uh, early an earlier Mankind Taker one, where Mankind's in like the brown suit, like this brown shit. And like I think Taker's got I've got to try and remember this. Is it a chair? I think Taker's got steps in the ring and he runs and hits um hits Foley on the side. And it's a t- it's a commentary table bump, but Foley kind of goes head first, like into yeah. the table. It's a commentary table. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um that's just one in my brain. I don't know if I've made it up in a dream, but it definitely happened. Um, yeah. Uh, so Foley, if you read his books, I think Foley's got a name for that, Brum. I think he calls it the Nest T Plunge. That's, that's not a CM Punk joke. He genuinely calls it the Nest T Plunge. Okay, and then and it's that. What it's from that match, or is it that, that just generally a spot he does? Or he, so apparently he said that he used to do it just straight to the floor. Mm. Um, but then in WWE, he started doing it through like oh at that time he did it through a table. I think you just brought back another memory for me. I think. Um, he might have did it against Shawn Michaels at um, their famous match at Mind Games '96 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but that, I've just got real visualization of it being of, of, of that of a particular one. And I think I think it's I'll, I'll have to try and Google it after this. I think it's Taker with the steps or steel chair. Visualize the steps. It could have been a chair because my memory's terrible. But hitting him and him jumping off. It's like a better version of the. Uh, to, uh, iconic but bad table bumps is the is Diesel Brett, which has got to be quite an early one, hasn't it? Where it's like it was, I think, quite iconic at the time. But like Diesel, basically, Brett's on the um, on the apron, and Diesel kind of runs up and just pushes him, and Brett kind of just like very carefully just like jumps back <laughs> to, on, onto this commentary table. Um, I don't it, Summer Slam, maybe. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think that might be Summer Slam. 
Yeah. Um, it's from that they that was that was also really that was maybe like the first time I remember it happening in WWE. Yeah, that, 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 that's like an iconic. My memory's bad, but that's an iconic one for me. But I think I remember rewatching it and it being it looking quite pap in modern standards. But that, that that's not a knock on either guy or anything. Um, just desensitized. Oh, right, sorry, here's one that I remember being like a more recent one, but like I say more recent, it was probably like 10 years ago. Maybe a Money in the Bank or, or some some pay-per-view when um, Cena, like AA's big show through one, and he properly like carries him and then does it. That was quite like, at the time, it was like, fuck, that is incredibly impressive. Because um, I don't was, know if you, if you guys know, but Big Show's quite a large wrestler. Was um, that was that was there one where like I I don't think it was Big Show, but Cena did it once where he put the stairs next to the commentary table and like he picked the guy up on his shoulders and then walked up the stairs with him on his back, like which is a pretty pretty cool feat of strength. And then did the AA. Um, oh right, maybe yeah, I, I can't remember it, but. Yeah, I think he did it with someone big, but maybe not big show. Maybe it was the medium show. But um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's people people who religiously would remember this stuff and are yelling at their headphones now. So as always, feel free to write any hate mail to us. Start with no, 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 no. <laughs> we we just did 15, 15 minutes about Super Dragon being great. <laughs> Speaking of ones you like, I can't really. I've got an image in my head, but I feel like it might be wrong and been blurred. But Brum will probably know better than me because I think he's watched a bit of this era. I swear Terry Funk pole drives Ric Flair on a commentary table in like 89 to start oh, it, Is that the one where the table doesn't break, though? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't break it, but it's like one of the first sort of table spots. I remember yeah, watching yeah. and being like, Jesus. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, that, 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 you might have just created that memory in my head, but, but yeah. <laughs> I think, is that, I think you're right. Is that how that might be? Now, this is something that we probably should know as wrestling fans, but maybe that's how, is that how that whole feud started? Like in 1990 with the trilogy of matches, like 89, 90, and did he like Paul drives him and then Flair was like out kayfabe injured for a while? Yeah, I think he's a judge, isn't Isn't Funk a judge in a Flair match? That's it, and yeah. He turns on it. Yeah, Funk's the judge and it might be Flair versus Steamboat and then... Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, and Funk pile drives him. Yeah, that's that is excellent, excellent business. And this is like this. That's genuinely Ross's favorite feud of all time. I think. Like we, it's a shame that we're talking about that when he's not here. Yep. And even and even if that's not true, we'll just pretend it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> as always, anytime you hear something like that on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, if we're wrong, it's a wizard. Um. So, uh, and any others? I, I, Triple H did a couple of cool ones over the years. He's, you know, pedigree. And he did that one with Jericho in The Last Man Standing where they did like a back suplex off the barricade through the commentary table. That was kind of cool, I think. Um, also Rowan the time that... Taker at Mania when he spears him through the table, like runs over the table to spear him through the other table. It's quite cool. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. That, yeah. When, do you remember, like, when Triple H was injured on that Raw when he did his quad and then Jericho had, like, the finish of the match was Jericho putting him in the walls of Jericho on the commentary yeah. 
yeah that's yeah that's 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 pretty mental you like yeah <laughs> looking back <laughs> um yeah good stuff i mean I, I just i'm just reminiscing i just really enjoy the nostalgia of remembering all those things especially the foley one the the nest deep ones because i'd forgotten about well those two instances of when he did that so that's really cool um yeah that's great stuff um okay should we get into the proper round table one Brummett, it's it's yours yes. I'll... sorry my, mine's a bit mine's not as snappy um so obviously, you know, was kept secret in the world, but there's a lot of rumours that um, Brian and and Punk may be rocking up in AW. If that happens, um, I'd just be interested in not not to go full like kind of long storyline fancy booking or anything, but but just an, just a for um, no crossovers. So they've got to be six six different names. But I'd be interested in for each of those lads, guys. If you want to give me a um, who you want them to have a TV match with. Firstly, like a, just a match on Dynamite or Rampage, um, who you want them to have a, a, a success, a, a, a pay per view match where they win, but then also a pay per view match where they lose, and it doesn't have to be in like consequential order. It can be be any time during their their runs of the company if it happens. But just as a kind of uh, yeah, I'm just interested to see how people visualize like kind of uh, the best use of the of them really. Should we do? Should we do one of the? wrestlers first and then the other one like take it in turn should we do um yeah sounds good yeah should we okay so should we do dragon first then yeah sounds good do you want to kick I, off, mate? yeah i'll go first so i i deliberately say dragon because there's something i wanted to mention is i like i think people if you listen to this podcast every week you're probably getting the idea that i'm kind of the emotive one in the group like i I feel emotions deeply. And I had like an instance on the tube the other day where I was just sitting there in silence trying to memorise all the stops on the Piccadilly line because that's what I do. I'm a fucking weirdo like that. And I just had this thing about like, oh, my God, if Daniel Bryan comes into AEW, like I can actually call him American Dragon Bryan Danielson again and not look weird. Um, <laughs> and I'm just, I just got so excited that he's going to be able to call himself that again. Um but anyway, so my my three, uh, for, and I've just for Dragon, I've written them down. So um, a TV match that I'd like to see him have. Now this is, this is the most fantasy booking out of anything, um, because the my first one I'm coming out with is not an AEW wrestler, um, but just because of the Forbidden Door, uh, and there's a lot of stuff with New Japan, and we've seen Nagata on AEW TV. Um, we hear Tanahashi. We've we've seen him do a promo recently. Um, I would love to see the American Dragon have a TV match on Dynamite against Zack Sabre Jr. Um, so that that would be my first one, and it wouldn't be any sort of storyline or anything like that. It would just be something that's built for a big TV event after Dragon has come in, um, and I think he'd win it because he's probably building to something bigger in AEW. But for me, that would just be a dream match that I'd love to see. Yeah, outrageous, Dom. Uh, yeah, you're right. That match doesn't need a story either, does it? No. Uh, as for a pay-per-view win, um, I'd like to see uh, American Dragon wrestle Orange Cassidy on pay-per-view and beat him. Um, this one might be a bit weird. It's kind of the opposite of Zack Sabre Jr. But a lot of my best memories about um, Dragon before he came to WWE were he, he does have a personality and he does do comedy stuff very, very well. Um, and I just, I just think that they would 
for some reason, I've just got a feeling that they would have incredible chemistry. And I think, I think that um, wrestling Orange Cassidy on pay-per-view would get Orange Cassidy right over the final, you know, hurdle um, for anyone that doesn't like him or doesn't respect him. I think it would even, it would do more for Cassidy to wrestle Dragon on pay-per-view than even Jericho. So um, that was just my first thinking for a American Dragon pay-per-view win. And for a pay-per-view loss, I've just put down the obvious one, Kenny Omega. Um, I would like to see um, American Dragon wrestle Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship on pay-per-view, and I'd happily have Omega retain. Um, <coughs> but I'd really like it if they did the John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt spot from, uh, from, from PWG 100. That was tangential, but, uh, Dom, I was... In the back of the, the car, uh, Mal had woken up on the way back from uh, uh, Norfolk this weekend and he listened to this uh, Coco Melon, which is just this absolutely fucking horrendous nightmare. Bray Wyatt, Firefly, Funhouse animated thing for kids. And it's fucking, and one of the songs they did on it was that, the Jacob Jingle I'm a Schmidt one. And I was like, I yeah, knew the words. Bleep's like, how do you know this? I'm like, uh, wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and I like some of my favorite things to imagine are if like because it's the same with my girlfriend obviously like if I ever have to try to explain something from wrestling like it's just and, and like oh this is sick like firstly I'd have to try to explain what PWG is and that you know it just wouldn't work so yeah um so those are my three um I don't really have any more fantasy booking. I don't know if you guys have like storylines and stuff behind your matches, but those are just genuinely the first three things that came into my mind. So I stuck with them. Yeah, that's, that's spot on, Dom. I think, I think heavily behind all three of those. Uh, Common? Um, yeah, I jotted three names down um, that I sort of fancy. In terms of just the TV match, I know I maybe gave him a bit of stick earlier in terms of just lumping him in as a bit of a pointless feud, but. I really think that he could get something out of Ricky Starks. I think Starks is a really good wrestler. And um, I'd like to see Brian and him go at it just as a TV match. I'd just like to see how good he is. You know, if he can hang with like someone as good as Brian, that would be a real big statement for him, I think, as a one-off. In terms of um, a pay-per-view win, I had Orange Cassidy down as well. I think that would be a really fun match. Um, but I suppose if I can't, I'll, I'll try and be different to Dom and I'll go with... Um, my boy Ethan Page, and say that uh, I think Brian and Page could have a really fun feud with Page healing it up, you know, attacking that, that injured neck the way that he tried to uh, injure Darby Allen, doing similar things with Brian. Um, and then in terms of, like, putting someone over, like, I'll be boring and just say Hangman Page. Like, Hangman Page is just a brilliant wrestler, and I'd like to see him wrestle a brilliant wrestler. Yeah, well, it, it, interesting you mentioned that, Matt. I'll, I'll kind of I think again, all, all great shouts. Um, but I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll get my TV one out. I think I'd again similar to you. Lads chat. I've got Jungle Boy. I think for and again, not his debut or anything like that. Cause it's obviously face face. But I just think I think you know could be a, maybe maybe Jungle Boy is a star already, but a real star making TV match with Brian um, would be amazing. Um, with with probably Brian Brian to win it. Um, and but interestingly, come on, you had Hangman to 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 beat Brian. Is it very, go full circle with our different opinions on Hangman booking. 
before the whole kind of Dark Order five way, and when there were rumours of Dragon, then I really liked the idea of doing Hangman versus Brian for the number one contendership to Omega's title, and Brian beating Hangman, um, but like in a in a really close match and having the kind of you know Hangman Brian holding Hangman's hand up and him just like not quite getting there, just just as an excuse to prolong Hangman Omega more than anything, and then have, again, to copy Doms, but then have Brian get beat by Kenny. Because, I mean, out of all, out of everything going on for me, I think, you know, and it's the coldest take in the world, um, but, God, Dragon Omega. Because I'm right in thinking, I don't know if we talked about this last week, I've got no memory, but apart from the comedy match, that we that we talked about PWG. I think they were maybe in like a triple threat with someone. I don't know if it's Tyler or whatever. Um, but um, I, they've not had a proper like sexy one on one match, have they, Dom? No. And I think the the triple threat match. That, I think we might have mentioned it before, but I'm sure that it was when ROH were pretty much booking Omega as a comedy wrestler. So like, mm. even though he was a great wrestler, it was like his DDT stuff and Ring of Honor just really jobbed him out. So it was almost like the way the match worked, it was like Brian, good. You know, I think it was, it might have been Tyler Black, good. And then yeah, it might, I think it was. I think it was Tyler. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. And almost like your analogy earlier about A, B, and C wrestlers, you know, like yeah. Brian, yeah, Brian and Tyler were A wrestlers. And in Ring of Honor, Kenny Omega was a C wrestler, which was weird. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I'm fucking out. Like, that's, that's the match, isn't it? Um, Dragon Omega. I, I just want, I hope it's not too early because I just want Dragon to get his wrestling boots back on. And not like he's like, you know, he's m- m- maybe the best wrestler the West has ever seen. Someone maybe see the best the world's ever seen. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd still like to see him get a few matches under his belt where he, he can, they can deliver the match that they should deliver. Mate, I would love, I would love to see him have like, wrestle a few squash, ma- squash matches where he's just killing people with like the cross-faced chicken wing. Like you know, like you know, injuring guys' shoulders and and um and people people in the crowd are chanting, "You're gonna get your fucking head kicked in!" Like and that you know, I want I want killer dragon. You know, do, 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 do you not think he'll? Do you not think cattle mutilation is going to be his finisher? Oh well, yeah, yeah it, that as well. You know, that was yeah. the, that was one of the cool things about killer dragon is he could beat you in any way. If if yeah. all else failed, he'd just stomp your face in. Yeah, but the, the yeah, but the the. The, the sick, like you said, the wing elbow, like fucking uh, the the twelve to eight, twelve to six elbow, like the 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 the, the McGuinness finisher, but the, what you used to finish McGuinness at Unified is just yeah fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, so, so if we go the uh, no more ch- any more just general chat on on Brian or or do you want Conman to kick off Punk? Let's do Punk. Yeah, yeah. Should we do should we do it the other way around? Conman to kick off. Yeah, can do. Again, I've got three names jotted down that I just saw. I, I didn't take long thinking, and there's probably loads of names on the roster I'm forgetting. But um, for a TV match, and maybe it's too big a name considering the way he's positioned at the moment, but I thought that um, whatever Tommy End is calling himself at that point, um, that would be a cool TV match. But oh, I didn't, didn't even think of that. That's so good. Keep going. Sorry. Um, in terms of someone he could be on a pay-per-view, and it's has probably happened somewhere. My indie knowledge is well below your guys, but um, I'd like to see him in Kingston feud because the thing with Punk is with Brian, I'm, I'm booking the matches in my head, like I'm thinking of them. And I think we've had this conversation before but with Punk. I just want to, I want the stories to be good. 
And Eddie Kingston proved with Moxley that like he can get maximum out of a big name. And like I just think him and Punk would do the same. They've probably done it somewhere, and you're going to tell me that in 2010 they had a 10 month feud in some promotion. But um, for me, um, yeah, Punk and Kingston. And then uh, as the big one, putting MJF over, it's obvious. But again, uh, no clever answer. But just again, the promos would be amazing. D- Dom, I, 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 I'm racking my brain a bit. I, I, I think, I don't know. I don't think Kingston's ROH run crossed with Punk's. I think he was maybe shikaring at that that time. Yeah. I'm not. I, I, they definitely never happened in Ring of Honor. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the CZW feud was after after Punk. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I it, but it, I'm sure that Kingston Punk happened several times around, like even in just silly matches in PWG in Chikara. They, they must even like maybe even things like IWA. I don't know, but I'm sure they must have come across each other. But at the same time, I have never seen it. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, it, it, it might. It might be a completely first-time match, actually. And you're and like Matt and Connolly, you're exactly right. That would be abs- like yeah, that would be absolute fire. Like yeah. Um, I do you, to, do you want me to go quickly? Sorry, what 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 was your last? What what, what was the the loss, Combab? Just when MJF. I know it's simple, but yeah, yeah, sorry, that, just the promo quality. Yeah. One so what what Connolly said there that's the same as me um, was that for for American Dragon I thought you know wrestling matches and for Punk I was thinking telling stories um, and who do I want to see him promo against and stuff like that um, so uh, for I had the same pay per view loss so I'll start with the big one for I had MJF as a pay per view loss um, I I just I think that's you know, that's a straightforward, obvious, incredible way to put over their top heel um, for years to come. Um, the only way that wouldn't work is if Punk turns heel first, uh, which could also work somehow, but I didn't even go down that route with my predictions. Um, for a TV match, now you might think this is a waste of a, like, of a great match on TV, but I just had to put it in as one of my three, so I'd, I'd like to see Punk wrestle Colt Cabana on TV. Um I think there's a bit of a story that could be told there and maybe a story that we need to see or need to hear. Um, I could see that being a TV match that's built to over weeks and um, is paid off on a, you know, whatever. It seems like they have a gimmick for every week of TV at the moment, but, you know, like a fight for the fallen or a beach fest or a bash at the beach or whatever they do, beach blast. Um, And my pay-per-view win, this might be really boring, but I actually put down um, American Dragon. Um, I'd like to see Punk versus Dragon on pay-per-view. Um, in my mind, the way it would work would be Dragon has already challenged, because I said that Dragon would lose to Omega on pay-per-view. So Dragon's already challenged Omega, then Punk has to beat Dragon on pay-per-view to get his shot at Omega. So that's just sort of what I was thinking. Like, Punk would be after Dragon um, in that sense, and he's got to beat Dragon on pay-per-view to get his shot at Omega. So, yeah, those are... Those are my three. Cabana on TV, he beat American Dragon on pay-per-view and he'd lose to MJF on pay-per-view. Yeah, I think I'll go go th- three out of three in in having um, Punk Punk lose to MJF. I think you're right. I think that's, yeah, 
the more you say it, the more you think that they're probably going to do it, aren't they? Um, and then I had, interestingly, I said Kingston two Matt, but I had um, him beating Kingston in a in a TV match to set up a pay per view match, which he wins against Mox. I think I think Punk Mox is is is. I know, I know obviously there's uh, there's history there, but in that in that format, I think it's exciting. How much I I'm trying to think because I, I was thinking about this before about like what did they ever did they have I know they would have wrestled in WWE but did they did they ever have a sort of a high profile feud Punk, Punk beat the Shield three on one <laughs> at a pay per view because well, yeah I remember the six man the Ryback was involved with as well right or something is that right am I thinking but he right? he beat he beat them in a handicap match though like. Three on one, Punk one. Was it TLC? Yeah, it was because it was right before Punk left, wasn't it? Yeah. So, but yeah, I, th- I think them as a yeah. I, I mean, I think I think that'd be really hot. I think it'd be a good match as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the, interestingly, the only other thought I've got on Punk in, in general, like not not in those ones, but do you guys think he's gonna fight? I know they've teased Derby for his first match, but because face versus face, because like, spoiler alert, but I don't think Punk debuting in Chicago is going to be a heel move. Do, do, you, do you think we could see um, Punk tag with that? That's basically a semi-swerve bit, and we're going to end up Punk and Derby versus um, Page and Sky, maybe? Straight edge society. The, um, I hope Raven turns up and they recreate Punk's best stable, which was um, the Gathering in TNA. Yeah. <laughs> um, Julie De Niro or whatever. Yeah. Who was it? Was it was it Alexis Lurie in that? Who was the woman? Who was? Um, um, just, just wasting time, me now, aren't I? I could probably Google it. Um, the is there anything that you guys think that Punk could do to turn heel? Like, because I, I was just thinking about then, like, what if he at the end of the Chicago show, if him and Cabana have the um, the you know, like, oh, hey, we're burying the hatchet. It's all okay, guys. You know, we're friends. But then Punk beats the shit out of him to close the show. In, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I, I can't see, I can't see a non-Cabana finish. Like that would make Cabana is the only thing that could make the thing appeal. But it just it depends how smart the AEW fans are. Like a big part of them would get it, but on that size of a of a show they're doing, would there be enough that would still cheer Punk? I, I don't know. But in principle, Dom, that's a, I didn't even think about that. But that's the best best solution I could think of, and even I don't think that's enough. The yeah, I I don't know. I it's going to be hard if if they can achieve turning him heel. I think it'd be great, but I just I, I don't know how it's going to happen. I, I think I think they'll do it eventually. I think as well because like bringing Brian in, he's obviously white meat. Will be a white meat baby face. I'd probably guess. Like Punk can tween a bit or, or or can go heel, but I think that initial bit in Chicago. I just I think for Chicago shows, he's he's got to be face. It's uh, yeah. Um, I think so. All 
you know, 18 matches that we just mentioned there. I know some of them were double-ups, but, I mean, uh, I'm just excited for everything that just got mentioned. Well, that was actually the reason why I wanted to do it because I think it, it's I think just actually putting it out there in the ether, like fuck, like there's just so much good stuff we can see out of these guys. But yeah, I mean that fucking hell, they're the two sides, aren't they? Where we kind of all all touch them, but bloody hell, like Omega, Omega Dragon in the ring and Punk versus MGF on the mic. Um, yeah, just stuff. great stuff. And I, I just got like, I, I didn't even think about Tommy End. So when you mentioned that, Connolly, I, I know I interrupted you, which was a bit rude, but I just, <laughs> I got excited. Yeah, great stuff. There's a lot of dudes. We, I mean, Andrade will get a good match out of both of them as well. Like this, I know you might have wrestled Brian at someone, but like, there's just so many dudes, isn't there? That roster's like 70 people. And, and they're all really, really good. <laughs> like, yeah. Is like, is Chris Daniels retired? Because him and Punk have still got stories to tell. Like, you know, like there's just there's like there's just so many moving parts that like you could just you could book ten years of TV. Like mm-hmm. yeah. There's so much you could do. Um fantastic stuff. Fair what a two good round tables, I feel. Um should we get a little quick book of bingo in and get out of here? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. I-N-G-O and bingo was his name Oh, This is Booker Bingo. You're in charge, bro. Yeah, one second. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, it's just like you lads do with this. You'll be pleased to know, for, for two weeks running, it's not an intergender. Um, um So again, uh, so let's got to be con man to start this after his uh, after his dodgy after his uh, uh, run of thirds, uh, run of going last. Um, always the main event, Matt Connolly. But what do you think? To again, n- not an intergender one again this week. Mordecai versus Jey Uso. <laughs> <laughs> now. Now this might I I get confused between Jay and Jimmy even though they're in the storyline. Jay's the one that has been on telly most of the year, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Jimmy's the drink driver. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go with this then. Um, oh, where do we go with it though? That's the question. Um. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to go quick with it off the top of my head. Uh, I was so annoyed with that that match this week on AEW, even though I knew it was the right thing, but I myself am going to book a five on five. So we're going to use these two components to get there. We have Jey Uso, and he is on the run of his life. He uh, is a tag team champion. He's absolutely loving things. And Mordecai turns up. And Mordecai's presence has really spooked Jey Uso. He's getting distracted in tag team matches. There's something about him. He's trying to, he's trying to seduce Jay. He's liked his work for the last year. He's trying to get but Jay is having none of it. So between the two of them, they get four people on their side for a match. Jay Uso, he can't convince Roman. He's too big time, but he can convince his brother, Jimmy. He's also going to get Naomi on side. Um, I'm not even sure which one is married to Naomi. It's Jimmy, isn't it? But yeah, she's part of the family. She's getting on side with them. Uh, they're also going to have two other wrestlers from Jay Uso. God, you can tell this is on the fly. I have no idea why I'm doing it. Um, Mordecai gets 
a load of druids to be his guys, and then they have a five on three because I can't think of the other two. It's a complete mess, and I'm getting even worse at Book of Bingo every week. I've got nothing. <laughs> um, would you like to have a go at booking Sam Bradwell versus Ted DiBiase Jr., Matt? <laughs> I've, got, I've lost it, lads. I've got nothing. I this, think this, this, this is turning into a streak, isn't it? It is. It definitely is. I I think you're a bit hard on yourself. I haven't got much better. Um. So I, I, I really, I really liked Mordecai as a as a gimmick and an idea. I know it didn't work, but um, I because I grew up Catholic. And, like, I kind of understood the idea of, like, uh, a violent, vengeful God. Like, even though, like, I don't believe in it at all. Like, I and I was brought up in a house where we talked about Jesus' love, um, not hatred. Um, but I could, I could completely understand, you know, this revelations and, like, the Old Testament and fire and anguish and gnashing of teeth, right? So I, I'm going to bring, I, like, I don't know if Mordecai was ever properly presented as being like a violent Christian, but that's how he is in my mind, right? So um, what happens is Roman Reigns on TV, he's still a champion, and he starts like taking this tribal chief thing almost to like pagan ritual sense. Um, he's like, doing some of the um and i don't i'm i i'm not trying to be offensive um to the samoan culture i don't know enough about it but he might he might be doing a couple of rituals on tv you know that that kind of seem to have a spiritual component to them um to be the tribal chief and like and then all of a sudden like mordecai is like no mate you're like you're you're blasphemous you and your whole tribe you're you're all blasphemous um i'm i'm like the um you know 18th century colonials and i'm going to bring christianity to the tribal savages um so here comes mordecai you know bible bashing um and trying to in his mind he's the perfect heel because he he thinks he's saving the pagans in the in the uh, Uso tribe, um, or the uh, whatever. What's their actual name? Is the I should know this. The Anoa, the the Anoe tribe, right? Um, but actually, he's the heel because um, he's just a Bible bashing colonial prick. So, um, and the, the how he gets to jails Uso is. Obviously, because it's the whole tribe, um, the match is Mordecai um, versus Jey Uso on uh, Fastlane pay-per-view, um, building towards the big match, which is Mordecai versus Roman, um, colonial Christian versus, um, you know, Apocalypse Now uh, type of, uh, you know, tribal pagan. Um but the match on SmackDown is Mordecai uh, crucifix bombing Jey Uso through a flaming table because that's just great imagery for a vengeful god um, to beat him to in order to get to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Yeah, I love that, Dom. Yeah. Um, the um, yeah, I, I did like uh, come on, I did like the 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 use of druids. Um, I think <laughs> Druid should be involved in every storyline. Personally, um, the, um, the uh, but um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go tough love on you, mate, because I know that you've uh, 
you, you're just you're the king of Booker Bingo, and I want to see um I want to see King Booker, Matt, Matt Conley back. So I'm uh I'm gonna give it to I think Dom who I thought did did a did a, did a cracking job there. I, re- I really like that whole theme. Um, I think I think it would work. Um, interestingly, one thing on it though, just sorry to to drop a tangent. I know we want to wrap up. Do you guys think it's a you know you have that that feud where it's like it happens all the time like I'll I'll be a minor member of a stable before getting to the main guy. What I'd love to see, and you guys might pull something up now. It's like oh yeah, it's happened before. This has happened, but I can't remember one. But where it's built like that storyline, and then Jey Uso beats Mordecai clean because like that makes kind of it's a bit of a swerve, but it also makes Jey Uso look shit hot, and then that's the end of the feud. So Mordecai doesn't even get to Reigns. Um, has that ever happened? Um, Off your heads. Because I think that's a great idea. Cool, Someone should definitely do that. Especially especially then if it leads to Jey Uso getting to wrestle Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah, but in that kind of thing, like, yeah, the, the, the different guy wins. Um, has but, um, it, I wonder, like, the, I'm trying to, now I'm just trying to think, like, if that's ever happened. Like, had was there ever a time where, like, um, you know, like to break Randy Orton or Batista out of like evolution, did they ever, you know, get big victories that. over? Yeah, yeah I wonder. Gets the Triple H. That, 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 that's not a bad shout, Dom. Like yeah. in terms of a stable that do it. Um, and all, and I guess you could all like we've been talking about Hangman Page the whole episode. I guess it, it's not quite the same, but you know, Hangman Page. Like we all expected him to you know, beat the Young Bucks. I think some of us called that as the finish of the tag, you know. Kenny gets counted out early, then Hangman Page beats the Young Bucks. But almost, you know, Hangman Page got jobbed out by the Elite. He didn't even really mm. – he, he didn't put Kenny in much danger, did he, during the match? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, like, I, yeah, I like things when things mix up. One last thing, and I'm sure I've probably said this on the pod before, Mordecai, right, when he wrestled, and because well, he went to he was Kevin Thorne in WWE for a bit, but he used that character on the Indies. I saw a one PW show in Doncaster about a decade ago, and it was um, Kevin Thorne and local Northeast legend Dragon Isu versus um, uh, Kirby and Travis um, uh, Project Ego in a fucking banging no DQ match. And you know it's a good no DQ match because Project Ego turned up in. Um, I've got sorry, in my head I've got that right. Isn't it? Project Ego, isn't it? Kirby and Travis. Yeah, I think that's right. But that's yeah. that's before I I never saw Chris Travis wrestle. He okay. he unfortunately yeah, like he was diagnosed before I moved to the UK. Okay, great, fucking great talent. But that that match was um yeah they were and it was an incredibly stacked card. I'll have to share it with you lads. But they um yeah they did proper thing. Turned up in 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 jeans as 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 all as all no DQ tag matches should do. And they had an absolute banger. They were just out in the crowd throwing people at the stairs and stuff. So yeah, literally. Dragon Isu, Kevin Thorne, and fucking a very early Project Ego. Absolute class, 1PW. I swear 50% of our conversations tonight have involved a wrestler called Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on with all these dragons? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think next week's special should be all about Ultimo Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Has any, anyone, got, Dragon. Anyone, any, anyone got anything they want to say about Dragon Lee? 
Um, but um, but actually, what we've not done, very rude, we should all give... Uh, do we close the show by giving Dom a big applause for his, um, his big win? Yes, what? of course, Dom. Well done. You, you well done, mate. Your story made sense. Well done. Like, I, like, when I was doing that, I was just like, man, it just reminded me how much WWE screwed the pooch on Mordecai. But, yeah, yeah I, I was, I was dead. I was honestly dead excited when they were doing those vignettes. Um, what, what, what did go wrong? Like, I'm sure there's like a story, right? Did they get bored, or was did he do stunning? I, no idea, Vince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. If he just didn't, he just have like he had like one because they were building him for the Undertaker at Mania, and then he had like yeah. a pay per view match against someone, and it just sucked. And I think it was just one of those things about like Vince was just like, no, you suck. Like, mm. go back and we'll repackage you. But then, you know, like, obviously the Mordecai gimmick, it wasn't quite the same, but, like, they should have just brought Christopher Daniels in to do it. You know, like, like Daniels did it so much better on the independence with the prophecy, like, the prophecy and the fallen angel. Like, early Daniels' work where he would quote scripture and stuff, like, it, it is outstanding. And, and And there's the famous story that, like, I think it was Bruce, your mate Bruce Pritchard Brum, who's just above Vince McMahon on the McMahon and Super Dragon scale. He's actually just below. Oh, just below. Well, it should be the Pritchard Dragon scale. Anyway, that's something for next week. But I think there's the story, isn't it, that Pritchard wanted to bring Chris Daniels in as the higher power that Undertaker was serving. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, that's that's a different that's a different timeline. That's the darkest timeline. Well, I mean, your, your solution's Christopher Daniels. My solution would be Brothers of Destruction versus um, Kevin Thorne and Dragon Isu. <laughs> Dragon Isu sounds like a cocktail. <laughs> um, so I might go through. I think um, the book, the One PW book, was written by Dragon Isu under his real name, but I might have made that up. We'll put it down as a lot. That could be, you know, that that segment we were talking about at the start. We were just going to make shit up and present it as real rumours. That's it. Dragon Isu um, <laughs> was actually the real writer behind um, Proust's In Search of Lost Time. If it, it, I like, I think this episode is like being a big one. That's like, I think a, if anyone's listening, that's like a really hardcore wrestling fan and bang into their like dates and stats. That is, this would be the episode that makes them stop listening. Because like we like, there's been like loads of times like we had like who's the woman in the gathering, and then we're like, and then this, and then like also when we're doing the ta- table bumps, we're like, like, oh, wasn't there that time that Mick Foley wrestled someone in the nineties? Like, <laughs> we, and then Terry Funk as well. Like, I'm like, yeah, it might have been 1990, it might have been '89, it might have been start fair fair food feud. Like, yeah, we we haven't really shown ourselves as historians this week. I actually think this is us done after Ross listens to this. I think we're going to get mass budget cut <laughs> released and he's going to turn up next week with like uh, JCH Schaff and Rowe, like nothing's happened. Yeah, but then but then it's just going to be Ross going through every match and result from NXT UK for that week, so it's fine. <laughs> I, I, do, I do want to hear one week Ross like spot for spot call like Kaylee Ray versus Amali or something like that. And then, and then at the end, like he's going to start it off. It, it's going to be the same as your Super Dragon chat. He's just going to. It's just great. 
yeah. I, I like how like I'm, I'm generally probably the most cynical one in the chat, but then uh, when Super Dragon's mentioned, I go post Ross, which is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> post Ross, that's that's an excellent. Right, we should get out of here before we offend someone. Yeah, <laughs> Ross. <laughs> Have a good one, lads. See, see you, lads. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Alright, scholars, there we have it. Another episode in the bank. That's episode 22. And I think this is the episode from now on where I'm going to start giving episodes titles. You know what it's going to be. Brummett likes Super Dragon. Um, and that's about it from me. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. Don't forget to hit us up on social media. Um, and most importantly, until next week, drink lots of water. Look after your mates.